So it was my first day on a college campus. I was moving into my dorm room, and I hadn't been on campus for more than a couple of minutes, and I noticed out in the courtyard this girl, and I thought to myself, I don't know how, and I don't know when, but I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> now, there were a couple of problems. First and foremost is that she was entirely out of my league. Not a little out of my league, entirely out of my league. And she didn't know who I was. I was some smelly college freshman boy. I wasn't even that. She didn't know that I even existed. But that was okay with me. For the next couple of months, I'd see her around campus, and I'd just smile, and I'd think to myself, I don't know when, and, and I don't know how, but someday I'm going to marry that girl. And she would see me, and I presume she would think, Maybe I should call campus security. <laughs> so a couple months go by, and I finally got up the nerve to ask her out. And so we, actually that's a lie. I asked her friend if she would ask her out for me. <laughs> and, then, and then we, to be honest, that's a lie too. I wrote a note on this whiteboard outside her friend's dorm room asking her if she would ask her out for me. I'm a smooth operator. Those are some moves. <laughs> Almost 20 years later, and she stuck with me. So I knew I was going to marry that girl. But she had no idea that I even existed. It's sort of a funny story, but I don't know if you've ever felt ignored, unseen. So there are people all over the world, even right now, that feel unnoticed. They feel like no one even knows that I exist. About a year and a half ago here at Faith Church, we launched an initiative to reach out, to care for people who felt forgotten, to, 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 to love people who felt unseen. And it's it's more than an initiative. It's our DNA. It's the heart of this church. It has been for decades. We just gave it a name. We called it Mission Adopt. See, because we believe that every life from beginning to end has value and that no one should feel unnoticed and no one should feel unseen. And so we started on this mission called Mission Adopt. And it's got four parts. We're adopting children, and we're adopting Allentown, and we're adopting internationals, and we're adopting a people group because we believe that every person matters and every person should feel seen and valued. It might be that you know all about Mission Adopt. It might be that you're heavily involved in Mission Adopt. It might also be that you've never heard us talk about Mission Adopt. So today we're going to take just a few minutes and I want to talk about what it can look like when a humble church decides that we care about people that feel unseen and we love people who feel unnoticed. If you've got a Bible with you, we're going to be in Luke chapter 4. And while you're turning there, I would point your attention towards your bulletin. There's tons of information. We did sort of a takeover on the bulletin this morning by Mission Adopt. And there's lots of information in there about Mission Adopt. And as you hear things this morning and you want to know more, there are ways to get connected. Um, there is information in there if you want to take sort of next steps. So Luke 4, 
And the scene that we have here is Jesus is in the synagogue in Nazareth. Basically, he's at church in his hometown. And what was the custom back then is often someone from the congregation would be asked to read a passage of Scripture and then preach a little sermon about it. Like, would you like that? You want to come in next week? And we go, hey, here's the Bible. You're, you're up today. You're up to bat. You've got to read something and, and preach something. That's, that's what's going on here. This... What Jesus is about to do might be the worst sermon ever preached, like in history. He preached some good ones. This is not one of them. By the time he gets done, the people that are listening are so mad, they're going to try and kill him. Like, that is a bad sermon right there. But it's important because Jesus tells us why he left heaven and came to earth. And it might not be what people expected it to be. But it's in his mission that I believe we also find our mission. So Luke 4, verse 16, here we go. He says, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. You can just write this in your notes, Isaiah 61. That's where this is from. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Okay, so, so what's going on here? Jesus quotes this, reads this text from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, 700 years earlier. And he interprets it as being about the Messiah, the, the person, the Savior that Israel is waiting for. And after he reads it, he says, that is me. I'm the Messiah. And people are like, isn't that Jesus? Like, we grew up with him. We played soccer in his front yard. We were in the spelling bee with him. Like, it's Jesus. I mean, he's, he's all right, but the Messiah? Like, uh, I don't know about that. But they're not that bothered by it. Because he's promising to do a bunch of good stuff. And they're like, cool, if you could do this stuff for us, like, we don't care who the Messiah is. It's not what we expected, but sounds good. Because listen to what he says. He says that he's going to bring good news to the poor. These people are poor. The Romans tax them heavily. So, okay, great. This Messiah is not just for the bigwigs in Jerusalem. He's for the, the everyman. He says that he's going to give uh, freedom to the prisoners. He's going to set the captives free. So for about a thousand years, on and off, the nation of Israel has been prisoner. They've been captive. They've either been conquered and, and taken out of their country, exiled into another country like Babylon and Assyria, or they've been occupied by an enemy. That's what's going on now. Rome is occupying Israel. Great, he's going to set us free. He says he's going to give sight to the blind. 
I mean, you think that the sick and the, and the disabled didn't hear that and go, great. Of course, they're thrilled. And so these people are like, this is awesome. Jesus is not what we expected as this Messiah that we were waiting for. But I mean, if he's going to do all this stuff, we'll take him. The problem is they, they, they misunderstand what Jesus meant. Because he's not really talking about them. Well, he is talking about them, but not just them. He's talking about all people. So jump down to verse 25. This is where they get really mad. Because Jesus gives us examples of the kinds of people that he came to love. And it's not what they expected. And honestly, they're kind of like, we don't really want you to reach out to and to love some of these people. It's not just, they expected Jesus would just come for, for good Jews. It's not the case. Verse 25, Jesus says, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet, Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed. Only Naaman the Syrian. Why does he give these examples? Because he's saying, I didn't just come for you, Jewish people. I came for the world. I came for the people that you least expected me to come for. The people that don't deserve it. The people who feel unworthy. See, the, this, the two examples that he gives, the first one, the widow in Zarephath, this is from 1 Kings 17, if you want to go back and read it. Here's what we know about her. She's not a Jew. She's poor. She's a single mom. She is so poor, she's out of food. She has literally enough food left to make one meal for her and her son, and then that's it. She is completely forgotten. She feels totally ignored, unnoticed by everyone. But God says, I see you. You're not unnoticed. You're not forgotten. And he sends Elijah to her. Similar story with Naaman. This comes from 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman is not one of God's people. Naaman is not the kind of person that God should reach out to and care for. Naaman is a foreigner. Naaman is an immigrant. He is not of the people of God. In fact, he's an enemy to the people of God. But that is the person that God sends Elisha to. Why? Because God sees the unseen. And God notices the unnoticed. And I would even add on there that God loves the unlovable. And if that is the heart of God, and that is the mission of Jesus Christ, well then there's something there for us. I think that's the same kind of love that, that we're called to. And so it's from that place and it's from that belief that we introduced mission adopt. So the word adoption, I love that word. In fact, it's one of the reasons that I came to Faith Church. I was so excited to be here. 
is this word adoption. I'm passionate about it. I have three kids. They're all adopted. I, I get excited about adoption. But here's what's cool about adoption. We didn't think of adoption. God first thought of adoption. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes in Galatians 4. He writes, When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship, to daughtership. So adoption is bigger than adopting a child. It's about bringing someone into a family. But it's, it's more than that. It's about making them one of your own. They're not a house guest. When we adopted our kids, they got our last name. They, they became a part of our family. That's the heart of adoption. God first adopted us, you, Christ follower, into his family. So we adopt because God adopted us. And that's the goal of Mission Adopt, to adopt the unseen, to love the unnoticed, to bring them into our families, into faith church, and hopefully, eventually, that they would be adopted into the family of God. So how are we doing that? I mentioned four ways. Adopt children, adopt Allentown, adopt internationals, and adopt a people group. Let's talk a little bit about those. The first one is that we're adopting children. So we've made it our mission to promote foster care and adoption. At any time in our country, there are about a half a million kids in the foster care system about 100,000 kids are ready for or will need a, a forever family. Here in Pennsylvania, it's like a few thousand kids at any time. Do you know that God, he sees every one of those kids and he has a plan for their life? Here are, here are some people that have gone through the foster care and adoption system that you may have heard of. God had a plan for their life. Steve Jobs Babe Ruth, Malcolm X, Willie Nelson. I'll let you do what you want with that. Uh, <laughs> Nelson Mandela was adopted. God has a plan for the life of every foster child. From the moment they began, the Bible says that for each child, for each one of us, we were knit together in our mother's womb. That means that no child, children in foster care included, children needed to be, needing to be adopted included, no child is an accident. James, the little brother of Jesus, he who was once a skeptic, by the way, didn't think Jesus was the Messiah until after Jesus had died and resurrected. James says this, he goes, hey, you want to know what religion is? You want to really do it right? Here's what it is. Care for widows and orphans in their distress. So I know the idea of adopting children resonates with many of you. Many of you have fostered kids. You are fostering kids, or you plan to, or have already adopted. That's awesome. If you're sort of like living in that gray area where you're like, I th God wants us to do this. We just haven't gotten around to it. We've been thinking about it. But can I just, like, here's your challenge today. Here's what you can take away. Do it. 
You don't need to think about it anymore, pray about it anymore. If God's put it on your heart, jump into the deep end of the pool, probably the scariest thing you've ever done, but it will be one of the greatest as well. We have resources to help here at Faith Church, but I also know there are a lot of people who are like, hey, I love the idea of adoption. Of course we should support it, but it's not really for me. I'm never gonna foster or adopt a child. And to that I would say, probably true. Probably for the bulk of people, that is true. And yet there are still ways that each of us can help. There are incredible, easy ways that we can help support foster children, families that are fostering kids, families that want to adopt children. There's something that each of us can do. Here, I made a list. Here's, I'll go through these really quick. Here are like 25 things. That might be a lie. There might be 35. I don't know. Here's how you can help support foster and adoption. First of all, you could pray. You could pray for foster kids, kids that need homes. You could pray that God would raise up families, would open doors. You can bring meals to a family. So whenever... When people have a baby, everybody brings them meals. But when people adopt a child or have a foster child placed in their home, often it gets forgotten. You can help with laundry, right? More people means more laundry. You could buy diapers or formula. You can give rides to doctor appointments. You could send encouraging letters. You could pray. You can buy school supplies. You could pray. You can get educated on foster and adoption. You could get licensed for respite care. So some foster kids... Um, they, you can't just leave them with anybody. And so oftentimes for foster families, uh, even babysitters are difficult to find. Um, so you could get licensed for respite care. You could serve in our kids' ministry here, right? So we're not just caring for the physical well-being of these kids. We want to reach the soul of these children. Of course, you can foster or adopt a child yourself. Uh, you can be a mentor to a foster child. You could become an advocate in the foster system. You could tutor kids. You could mentor foster parents. You could have play dates with a foster family. You could buy family passes to the zoo for a foster family. You could buy them a gift card to go out to dinner. More mouths to feed. It's expensive. You could donate clothes. A, a lot of kids get placed in a home, pretty much dropped off, and they've got the clothes on their back. Uh, you could pray. I don't know if I mentioned that. You could, throw, you could throw placement parties. Like we have baby showers when people have babies, right? Throw placement parties. You could, oh, just be a friend. You could pray. You could show up at sporting events, band concerts. You could support the, if there's biological kids in the house. You could pray. You could uh, kill gossip. Gossip happens around foster families a lot. Kill that. You could, oh, this one's serious. You could pay for a vacation for a foster family. Of course, you could just pray. We have support groups here at Faith Church. If you're somebody who's interested in fostering or adopting, check them out. They can get you pointed in the right direction. But even if you're like, hey, I'm never going to foster or adopt, but I'd love to support some families. Connect with us. Connect with one of our support groups. They can get you attached to a, a family that you can support, a foster care family that you can come alongside and care for. There's work to do. Let's not dismiss this. Okay, so Mission Adopt, it's not just about adopting kids. We're also adopting our community. 
So in our area, there are tons of nonprofits and other organizations that we can come alongside and support. Because here's the thing, they're already doing great work. And so we don't have like this savior complex that we have to show up and only we can do it right. No, we'll come alongside and we can support them. And there's, if you go to our website, there's a list of our partners and you can find out about some of those there. There's everything from caring for people that are homeless, uh, feeding people. Uh, There's a sports ministry in our area. So if you're like, hey, I don't maybe have that soft heart for certain things, but I love sports. I'd love to connect with kids and coach them and teach them. There's a great sports ministry that we partner with. Some of, of my passions. Uh, I love groups that work with kids with disabilities and rare disease. I have a a daughter with a rare chronic illness. I love that, uh, that, groups like that. I love groups that work uh, to rescue people from human trafficking. We have both of those types of organizations in the Lehigh Valley. And so again, as just as there are 25 ways to support a foster family, there are 25 or more ways that you can get involved in adopting our community. Okay, another group of people that we are adopting is the internationals. So for whatever reason, people from outside the U.S. seem to be moving to the Lehigh Valley. I love that. They are coming. God is bringing them here, and they're making this home. You know what our job is? Our job is to make them feel like it's home. Listen to what God says to the Israelites, and Pastor Joe said last week, and I, this has stuck with me, I love this. He says, you know, we're so quick to label people, like us, not like us, like us, not like us. Listen to this from Deuteronomy 10. It says that God defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and he loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. So what I can tell you is that most people who come from outside the U.S. that come here, they will, they will say that they've never seen the inside of an American's home because we don't invite them in. I love that God is bringing people here. I love that we serve a God that loves diversity. He loves building this city of diversity. And you know how I know? Because if you turn to the end of the Bible, you see how this whole thing ends? God is building a ginormous city with people from all over the world. We have opportunities here in our community. We have opportunities here at Faith Church, our ESL program, for example. You want to get to know, work with people that aren't from here? It's a great place to serve. Maybe for you, there's, it's closer. It's somebody that you work with, or it's a neighbor. There's some way that you can reach out to them and say, you're not unseen. See, zoom out for a second and go, like, why, why are we talking about this? Why, why do we do this? Is this just a social justice thing? Is it a political? Like, why are we passionate about this? So one of the patterns that we see in the Bible, we see it in the life of Christ, we see it in the early church. When the church is really effective, there is this partnership where, yes, we, we are caring for people's spiritual needs, but we're also considering people's physical needs. See, it's tough to walk up to somebody and go, hey, you really need Jesus when they're like starving and they're freezing or it's a child that needs a home. That's why Jesus in his ministry, as his early on, 
as he's introducing himself to the world. He is meeting physical needs before he gets to the spiritual needs. It's why he turns water into wine at a party. It's why he begins his ministry by healing a paralyzed man. So there's this scene in Acts 2 I just want to show you really quick. It's, it's a great model of how the physical and the spiritual come together. And I put it in your app, but Acts 2, this is the early church. It says all the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread. They praised God and they enjoyed the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And I think this is the heart of Mission Adopt. It's not social justice. It's that good deeds lead to goodwill, which opens the door for the good news. We do good deeds. It leads to goodwill with people, and it opens the door for us to share the good news. Our hope in all of this as we adopt people is that, of course, they would be adopted into God's family. And it's not a sales tactic. It's not a, a pitch. It's that we want people who feel unseen and unnoticed to experience the love of their creator. Okay, there's one more element to this. I think this is so exciting. It's that we're going to adopt a people group. So you might not know this, but there are still billions, with a B, billions of people in the world that do not have access to the good news of Jesus Christ. Billions of people who have not heard about Jesus. We are in the process of identifying a people group that we are going to adopt. We're going to get to know them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to care for them physically spiritually we're going to get a bible in their language we're just going to get just get to know them how amazing might it be if our kids or our grandkids could someday even if it's years from now could someday point on a map to a group of people and say those people heard about Jesus because my parents my grandparents were courageous enough my parents and grandparents actually believed the gospel enough that they spared no expense and they didn't chase their own agenda. They adopted this people they had never met before. That's how much they believe in the love of Christ. How inspiring is that? How cool could that be? We're praying right now about identifying a group of people that we can adopt. So, like, take a breath. I know I've thrown, like, a lot at you, okay? I don't want you to leave today and go, okay, so what? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? What's next? I want to just give you a couple things today. And the first one is I want to just ask you to pray. Would you just pray? Would you, would you pray, God, help me see the unseen? God, help me to notice the unnoticed. And then, would you act? If God puts something on your heart, do it. Don't wait. Don't talk about it more. Don't hem and haw and go back and forth. Do it. If God has placed it in your heart, 
If God has challenged you, he's placed in your heart to foster children, let's go. If God is challenging, he's calling you to serve in our ESL ministry, get signed up. If he's, if he's putting on your heart to, to serve in our faith kids, come on. If you want to just help support foster families, great. Maybe God is speaking to your heart today. Something resonates. You're like, I want to know more. Again, there's tons of information in your bulletin, but also we'd, we'd love to hear from you. You can write on your connection card if there's something you'd like to know more about, some way that you want to be connected to this. Let us know. Be open. Be open to what God might do in you, through you. Remember that God has seen you. Maybe that's what you need to hear today, too. God has seen you. Be open to how you might start to see the unseen and notice the unnoticed. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that, that you see us, that we're not forgotten. Not one of us is unnoticed by you. God, you know the heart of this church and its people. God, would you give us eyes to see people the, the way that you see them? Would you give us a heart to notice people that are unnoticed? God, would you give us the will to love people that are unlovable? just as you have loved us. God, would you pour out your blessing on our mission adopt, our desire to adopt children in our community and internationals, and we pray that you're preparing already the hearts of a people group, that we can reach them with the good news of your son, Jesus Christ. It's through him we pray all these things. Amen.